At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. And welcome in. A little bit late. We apologize. But uh, big employee summit today. So Berteram and I were honoring the company. You too, Ben Heisler, as we're starting with Ben, because Ben's got stuff coming up, so we're Get to lead off with Heisler. We've got uh, a special guest coming up here, too. Michael Mayetti from the University of Missouri coming up here. And I don't know if you guys can hear the drilling below me, but uh, there's major, major uh, construction going on here at the offices as well. Verderam, Heisler, draft week, baby. Finally here. Who's feeling the Thursday excitement on a Tuesday? Anybody? I guess I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah, now, you know what I am in the sense – it's I, I, I really do, if I have to make a confession here, I loathe the pre-draft process stuff. Loathe it. Loathe every bit of it. Like, the pro days, I love going to the combine with the actual on-field drills, right? all that crap, because 99% of it, in my opinion, has nothing to do with whether a guy can play football or not. Nothing. I don't care what your 40-yard dash time is. And that goes for receivers, for running backs, all of them. Don't care. It is nothing to – how many times does some guy run 40 yards in a straight line in the NFL? You go – like, you go show me the running back who was great because he ran 40 yards in a straight line real fast, right? Like, the fastest running back you can think of, Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles. All great players – not because of their breakaway speed, but because of how well they could accelerate out of cuts. Barry Sanders was chief among them. So I hate all that stuff, but I love the actual draft. It's fun to watch how teams maneuver around the board. It's fun to see kids getting their lifetime dreams realized. It's, it's fun to see you know, how teams' rosters are going to be final and come together. But thank God we're done with, like, Tulsa's Pro Day I, I'm I'm ready for the draft. Ben Heisler, people want to make money on the draft. I want to make money on the draft. And by the way, I'm weirded out by your whole scene today. I don't, you're on a porch. There's there's grass and fences. The the plasma TV's gone. You're wearing a soccer jersey. Uh, I I don't know what's going on over there. Have I have I kind of just thrown a little bit of a wrench into things, Carm? Because that's what this week is about. 
in the NFL draft. All of a sudden, you got movement. You got players that were uh, locked to go number one. All of a sudden, Aiden Hutchinson goes from minus 200 to plus 180. Trayvon Walker, all of a sudden, now at minus 300. Like This week is all about suspense. It's all about smoke screens. That, that's all I'm doing right here. No, it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous day outside. The dog wanted to run around. We had this employee summit. I figured I might as well uh, get close to being outside, but also throw on a bit of a smoke screen in the way as well. That, that to, to Verderam's point, the NFL draft, the actual draft itself is really, really fun. And the suspense and the discussion can be a, a nice part of it. But I'm, I'm with you, Matt, like, going through and trying to find all these different measurables is just not an exciting process. And I think we've convinced ourselves that, you know, a shuttle, a shuttle, uh, a shuttle drill and a 40 yard dash is the end all be all. um, And you kind of lose sight of actual scouting. And that's a part of this that actually matters. It actually matters here. So I want to see the picks come in. I I like seeing the, the videos that the teams put together uh, I like seeing the NFL draft yep. room process like that to me, like the, the Colts did this a while ago, um, their whole process of like where they were going to move up and just at knowing the right exact time, like take me inside these front offices in the war room. That to me is the fascinating parts of the draft. And I hope we get a chance to to unveil the curtain and see a little bit more of that this year. Yeah. No, I'll also add this too. The other part of it, Look, the NFL draft has become a cottage industry of, of to itself the last 10, 15 years, right? Like the mock drafts, which we're all guilty of. I'm not throwing stones. We do one every week. Brad Weiss does ours and he does a terrific job, but there's so many of them. You know, you have people who are doing like mock draft version 19.0. I mean, what are we doing? And then on top of that, you have these, these draft Knicks who are scouting some kid now in eighth grade who by the time we get to the, when they're draft eligible, you get screamed at if you disagree with any of these people. Like, oh, you just don't understand. Look at his, look at his ankle flexion. Like, it's like, hey man, look, you can play football or you can't. Like, I, the idea that that like, you've broken down some guy to the point where you can tell he's going to be good because his his score athletically is ten percent better than some other guy, like. Jerry Rice ran a 4-6. A 4-6. I think it worked out okay for him. Like, my example of that this year is Traylon Burks. Now, maybe Traylon Burks ends up having a great career, decent career, bad career. Who knows? Everybody thought Traylon Burks was a borderline top 10 pick. He's a big kid, played at Arkansas. He's a receiver, for those who don't know. Physical, great at the catch point. I mean, you if you watch film at Traylon Burks, you're like, that kid is a top 10 level pick. Then he ran a 4-6 at the Combine, and people were like, oh, I don't even know if he's a first-rounder now. Why? Like, the kid's built like Anquan Bolden and dominated the SEC, but he, he fell 20 spots. What if he What if he ran a 4.5, which he probably could have the next day? Then, then it's okay. So I love that we're to the draft, the actual draft, where now we get into, like, real football – and seeing how these teams come together, and I'm with Ben. I love I love those those videos after the draft where you know they're, they're on the phone with these kids. It's always a lot of fun. So we're to the fun part now. But these last couple of months, especially that month between free agency and the draft, oh oh God Almighty, that is that is the bane of anybody's existence. 
Heist, I want to know who you think is going one, and it, it seems like it's going to be Trayvon Walker. But uh, just to throw out the the whole where you're sort of at here, Verderam, John Mechie, Alabama wide receiver, there's a guy with huge production uh, but doesn't run the best time, and he's coming off an injury. And in the receiver world, I'm talking to you, Chicago Bears fans, I've seen him linked. Um, you know, that's just an interesting guy to me who's had big time production and someone's going to take a spin on him. I'll be paying attention off the board move by Carm here of someone in this draft. That's really interesting to how he'll do going forward, because there's a lot of worries about, uh, his speed and his health. And, but the production has been enormous. Nobody has any thoughts on that. I get it. All right. Mechie. No, I, I'll, I I'll stay. I'll leave. I'm, I'm out on my own limb here. That's okay. Mechie. You all remember it. April 26th. I, Jay Ward, Eddie E. Gonzo, you were here. Carmen told you Mechie. I, I, will, I will make a fun bet just to complete the Patriots will draft him. That's a, It's a vintage Patriot pick. It's a vi- Look, Belichick and Saban are as close as close can be. Belichick's drafted a million guys out of Alabama. They need a receiver. Like that screams New England. Then New England will take him. And I and by the way, I like Mechie as well. I'm with you, Carm. I think I think he he's underrated. Oh. Um it's just hard this year. Like there's so many receivers that Mechie and guys like him, like I look, not that Mechie and, and this next player are the same thing, but like Romeo Dobbs, I out of Nevada, I really like, I like Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. I like Dobbs too. Really like him. Like saw him at the at the um the senior bowl. I was incredibly impressed by him. And I remember asking some people in the league, like, thoughts on him. You know, people are like, yeah, you know, third round. I was like, man, I'd take that guy in the late second. Like, I, I mean, I, I think, I don't think he's a first round pick, but I, I think he's easily, he, like, comfortably a day two pick. And yet you hear nothing about him because he's like the 11th best receiver on most people's boards. It's, it's just a very deep draft at that position. Some people have him in the sixth round. Uh, I, I, oh, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I found fascinating since we're talking about wide receivers is that the early second round picks, the early projected second round picks, guys like Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, Sky Moore out of Western yep. Michigan, like incredibly like shifty, quick wide receiver, um, only stands in at about 5'9", maybe 5'10". George Pickens out of Georgia, who's obviously coming off of the injury. Um, Christian Watson. I, I feel like I've heard more about these early to mid second round, early day two picks, then I've heard about the back end wide receivers of the first round. I, I haven't heard a ton about Chris Olave. Uh, you mentioned Traylon Burks. There's been some conversation around him, but it's basically been Garrett Wilson, then likely Jameson Williams, then Drake London, somewhere maybe in the equivalent of, of what the lottery would be, maybe in the top 14 or 15 or so. And then Olave slots in somewhere maybe in the 20s. Uh, Burks, probably same thing. And then I, I feel like the bulk of the conversation has really been about who are going to be the wide receivers that fall to day two, because like last year and, and even the year before, this is about as deep of a wide receiver class as we've seen in a long time. I want to quickly also calm the, sorry, I, I didn't mean to, um, you're good. Because you were going to speak your show over. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a shared product here. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was going to say though the one thing I've noticed, like you know, you, you get a lot of groupthink, and and what what Ben said made me think about that because, you know, like like for an example, George Pickens, right? Like George Pickens was barely talked about till about three weeks ago, and now everybody's like, man, I'll tell you what, George Pickens be a steal at twenty eight, you know, like really, what do you mean? Because 
like a month ago, George Pickens might have been a steal at 50, right? Like now all of a sudden, now sometimes that can happen because people around, you know, people plugged in, we'll talk to people in the league and start hearing that stuff. And, and that there's truth in that. There's value in that. But one thing that I'm looking at, and I think sometimes we overlook common sense because of the group thing, and, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody. Like, so the Bills, for an example, everybody and their mother is mock drafting a running back to the Bills, an interior offensive lineman to the Bills. Some people have corner, which corner makes sense. You need a corner. Would the Bills not take a receiver? Like, they have Stephon Diggs and who else? And I don't want to hear about Gabriel. Look, I like Gabriel Davis. I've, I've written that I liked him since he was a rookie. They have nobody else in that roster who's ever racked up more than like 600 yards. I mean, Jameson Crowder did it a, a decade ago, essentially. But nobody, like, they couldn't use a receiver. I also look at a team like the Titans. Titans couldn't take a quarterback. Like, nobody's mocking a quarterback to, to Tennessee. And I'm looking at them thinking, they're the team that should be taking a quarterback toward the back end of the first round. They remind me so much of the Chiefs when the Chiefs had Alex Smith. Like, if they love Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral or Sam Howell, right, like, that, that's that got to be the way, to me, you go, right? Like, you need a quarter. Like, if you're the Titans, what do you think? I don't know, take what? Take, take a corner? Who cares? You're still Brian Tannehill. I, I think that's one thing to keep in mind going into the draft. It's sometimes group thing gets in the way of just common logic. Uh, yeah, and listen, there's a to me there's maybe it's just Jacksonville think, but it also feels like group think on uh, Trayvon Walker, really? That's the number one overall pick, huh? Right. Small sample size, man. Uh you know, you 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 sure about that Jacksonville? Uh, and I I get it like Ben, you can speak to the betting markets that he was he's gone from a long shot to be the number one to now he's the the consensus favorite. Uh, which I, it's kind of interesting how information gets out, but that's a little scary to me. There's not there's not a ton of production there, but yet I I, I get the physical tools. But you know, football is not all just about physical tools. We all know this, by the way. Good to see everybody in the chat. Welcome, Robert the Bruce, Zach Best, Heisler. Talk to me. Gambling, Walker. Yeah. Are you yeah, buying it? Couple, couple, a couple. I think gambling notes that are are worth considering, especially with the movement of Walker this late. Cause normally in most years you think, okay, guys moving up this quickly. There's good information out. That's going to be that lock at number one. Um, Teddy Greenstein, who you and I both know Carm over at, uh, over at points, but was long time with the Chicago Tribune tweeted out earlier today that they have had as many as nine different favorites since the beginning of college football season on who would go number one overall. And that's, that's insane. Like you think about all the scouting and all the conversations leading up to the draft, that it's a year round process. They have had nine guys in that number one spot at the top of the odds board over a points, but that's, that's pretty remarkable. I know that Walker's the, the number one guy. We talked about uh, Tennessee as a possibility of getting a quarterback. I saw Winbet, uh, the good folks over Winbet send this out a little bit earlier on today. Uh, they have somebody that put $500 uh, on Kenny Pickett going to the Tennessee Titans by John Robinson. Uh, at odds of, um, I believe, 15 to 1. I had to double check my math there, but uh, the potential payout is upwards of $37,000 if Pickett ends up going to Tennessee. So if quarterbacks fall or the Titans decide to move up, if that is indeed the route, uh, you're going to have a very interesting situation there. I mean, I could... I, I don't know if I can see them getting Pickett there, but I could see them taking Ritter 
or corral. If you're Tennessee and you like a quarterback that's there, how could you not do it? I I I don't understand. Like you're not getting appreciated. Eight to one, by the way. I messed up on the uh I messed up on the odds. Eight to one for Pickett to go to Tennessee. Gotcha. Got it. I, I just I mean a pre, you, if you're gonna get to a contender level, if you're Tennessee, you need a quarterback. I mean, I outlined this in Stack in the Box, the written version on Monday. Tannehill's been in five playoff games as a, as a starter for Tennessee. I want to say it's something like, and I have it, it's in the, it's in the column. I don't have it in front of me. He's averaging like 157 yards with a touchdown and a pick. Like, it's ridiculous. You're never winning a Super Bowl like this. I just think they're a team to watch out for that we've heard so much, you know, uh, talked about with teams trading back in the back end of the first, stuff like that. I think Tennessee might just flat out take one. Heiss, I know you got to run here, and we're about to uh, bring on a special guest from Missouri. Any any uh, any other recommendations, thoughts before the draft happens on Thursday? Can't wait to see you afterwards and celebrate all the money you pulled in. Yeah, um, I, I, I think if there's – a play that I'm still fairly secure on, although the odds were a little bit better last week when we talked about it. Do believe Garrett Wilson going number one as the first wide receiver off the board. Um, starting to feel a little bit more confident in Malik Willis as the number one quarterback taken again. The odds aren't necessarily great right now uh, to go in that direction, but I, I do think that is in play. Um and then one other one that, that continues to be interesting for me is whether or not Kyle Hamilton, who's, who's likely the highest graded player in this draft, goes in the top 10 or not. He's currently plus 125 over at WinBet to be a top 10 pick. I, I still think he could be in play there, uh, right either in like maybe the eight or the nine spots. Um, I, I do think Hamilton, they're going to go with talent at that spot. Uh, he certainly brings it. I, I just don't know if he escapes the top 10. All right. Good stuff, Ben. Right, Love Jets. you. All right. Enjoy your cottage. Right, All right, Ben Heisler in his, in his new abode, wherever the hell he was today. That that, that, that threw me, Vertoram. Uh, I like you stuff. in your basement. Works That's stuff. exactly where I like you, right there with that with the, with the pennants and the whole thing. Never I, move. where I belong. This is where I'll be all <laughs> night Thursday. So be a, a bunker. Good. That's a good reminder. I'll be right here, yeah. and the two of us will be together along with guests. Live show. Come on, baby. Join us for the NFL draft. Just uh, anything you need, we'll have it right here for you. Yep. Beverages are allowed, what, whatever you want to do. We will be here all throughout the first round. Carm and I, as Carm mentioned, with some guests. It'll be streaming right here on Stack in the Box, which if you haven't already, please subscribe to it. Uh, it'll also be streamed on The Windy City, which is Carm's podcast, obviously based on all things Chicago sports, which, by the way, Zach Levine just went into uh, health protocols. And um, also, as Carm dies inside, I can see. It, oh, my God. Car, Carm Come just, on, man. It literally on, flashed man. across Carm's face. Bucks in five. Um, I mean, I had the Bucks winning the series in three on a side note, but so, so the Bulls the got one. Congrats. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it'll be on Sagging the Box to Windy City and also on the Arrowhead Attic stream. So there will be plenty to talk about. We'll obviously – live throughout the whole thing. So we'll be breaking down the picks. I'm sure, you know, probably on a couple second delay, but who cares? Doesn't really matter. Um, it will be, it'll be a lot of fun and you'll get the best part of that show is we're about to bring on Michael Mietti here, who is a center from Missouri, who's entering the NFL draft this year. Um, the best part about it, it's honest. Like if some team makes an awful pick and you're watching television, 
those those stations are partners or in some cases like literally the NFL. Nobody is going to be like, that's an awful pick. Why would you? We're not going to bash the individuals and the kids. That's not right. But I'm more than happy to bash the teams. Like if the pick is awful, we are going to be like, hey, look, that's a train wreck of, of a draft pick. And here's why. And I hope for all of you, A, it's insightful, and B, it's informing. And Matthew, I don't think – no, I will not be – if I can break news on a pick, yeah, I'll tip the pick. Um, but if I can't break the news on it, uh, no, don't plant it. Just a question for the chat, if I may, here. Does any does Verderam need to remind anyone that he's going to give honest Verderam analysis? I don't think you do. There's, but <laughs> There's sugar-coated analysis on the damn television. Yeah, you could – I mean, you fire away on, on those, but we know – because we love you, and and we do this every week, and have been for a while now, that you're going to get the straight vertebrae here, Arrowhead Act. That's right. That's 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 why that's why people are here, along for my brilliance as well. Damn it! All right, hey Michael, uh, Maddie, let's bring him in out of Don Bosco Prep, West Orange, New Jersey, a grad student, a Tiger, and hoping that he's going to uh, get his name called here. Over the weekend, uh, Michael. Thanks for graduating, uh, joining us here, and congrats on uh, being a, a Missouri Tiger who did not let me into their school. I tried to go there, and they said oh, no. They're, they're, yeah, well, smart move by them. I'm one of the only people that's ever gotten denied by Missouri because of my academics, which is embarrassing. But hey, I was in a, a non-academic place. How are you looking, at, Michael? How are you sitting with this? This is, uh, you know, all this work coming to be, and and here you go. It's uh, draft weekend. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Well, first off, thank you guys for having me on. But uh, honestly, it, it's like an emotional roller coaster, you know. I mean, you got nerves, you're excited, and everything in between. But it, it's a uh, it's a blessing to just be in the situation right now. You know, I'm curious. First of all, by the way, Don Bosco, great school. Some of my uh, relatives went to Don Bosco. All my family's from Jersey. But um, oh, no. I'm I'm curious. For you, what is what has the process been here the last couple of months as you're getting ready for the draft? You're trying to you know raise your stock, make a good impression. What have you been doing uh, to, to get ready here for this week? Um, honestly, for this week, it, it's been a lot of uh, like phone calls with, with my agent and, and putting out feelers and things like that. Just trying to get uh, as much information as we can uh, come this weekend. Uh, this process. Uh, all about trying to raise my stock and prove to teams that uh, that I belong and, and they should take a shot at Mike Maietti. So I feel like I did that at my pro day. I was able to put my best foot forward in front of uh, the scouts and and this weekend should be fun. And, and we should name, of course, that you started your college career at Rutgers and then as a grad student going to Mizzou. Why did you make that move? What was the thought process? And by the way, you had a hell of a year in the SEC Um which everybody knows best conference uh, in college football first team selection by the AP pro football focus and USA today. Congrats on that, Michael. No, thank you very much. Um, like, like you said, I, it's the sec. Uh, we didn't win many games at Rutgers. And, and uh, once I graduated, I, I wanted to, to hit the portal and see what, uh, what interest I could get. And I was so happy to be able to uh, go play for Missouri and, and play in that conference best conference out there if, if you were making your elevator pitch as to why teams should draft you why you feel like you bring a lot of value to that team what would your pitch be um that 
I, I love competing. I mean, I'm a true competitor. I think uh, you bring me into your building and I'm going to better everybody around me, not only the players, but the defensive line, the offensive line, everybody in my room. I, I just I don't want to cause a fight here, but let's just have it anyway, because I'm, I'm a Chicago guy, Michael. Uh, I do a lot around Northwestern, so I've spent a lot of time with the Big Ten. And, and you know, I'm not a fan of Ohio State or Michigan at all, but there's always a fight. Like, you know, the Big Ten is, is – trust me, they're right there with the SEC. And I'm like, no, they're not. And you played in it, and you played in the SEC. So how do you compare the two as you're sh- shaking your head? Um, no, you're, I, I don't think it's close, honestly. Uh, obviously, there's great players in college football everywhere. Uh, that that's why you're in that top percent that you're able to play FBS football. Um, but the biggest thing that I noticed was speed from the, uh, you have linebacker sideline to sideline defensive line is just as fast as the linebackers, uh, but they're 300 something pounds. So, uh, speed definitely separates, uh, the SEC from, from the big 10, in my opinion. Who are some of the. Who are some of the kids that you played against this year who are going through the draft with you that you said, well, you know what, that that kid, he's one of the best I've ever played against. Uh, whether it was a D lineman, whether it was just somebody you were watching while you were on the sideline and, and, and the, your defense was on the field. Um, who who are some of those guys that you kind of highlighted in your mind is, okay, that guy, he'll be playing on Sunday? Uh, well, that's the good part about playing in this conference is that every time you turn on on the film of, of who you're going to be playing uh, the following week, uh, guys stand out, you know, on, on every team, guys stand out. But uh, to answer your question, it, it would have to be uh, that that Georgia defense this year was definitely special uh, from top to bottom. I mean, defense you want to be physical, fast, and that's exactly what they were. They were they were very uh, well coached as well. Michael, who, who uh, have you talked to? What's your sense of what's going to happen here? Do you are are you anticipating you will get drafted? Do you think you'll be in the undrafted spot and try to earn a spot? If you had to guess at it right now, uh, right now it's it's all over the place, uh, and I I try to to not think too much about that. You know, uh, it, it's I, I can't make that that call. But I have a good feeling going into this weekend. I feel like I got a lot of momentum uh, this past month, really, with workouts and 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 just speaking with teams. So I, I've heard from different guys, like sitting there and watching the draft and waiting for your name to be called is straight agony. And I think my guy, who I think should be a starting quarterback in the NFL, Gardner Minshew, I think one out was like playing bags with his friends and then got the call, like, okay, so – do you have a strategy for how you're going to handle this? Are you planning on just sitting there or are you going to distract yourself? I, I got to be in front of the TV. <laughs> I, I love football so much. I mean, I, I've been watching the draft every year uh, since I've been a little kid. So it's going to be hard for me not to watch it uh, the year I, I'm in it, you know? I got to ask you, one of the guys when I was down at the Senior Bowl that I, I thought was really impressive was your teammate at Mizzou, Tyler Batty. Um what was he like to play with? Who was he kind of as a as a as a person? I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are are, are Chiefs fans and, and and live in the area and probably want him on the Chiefs. But I just, regardless of that, uh, he was someone who really impressed me when I saw him down at Mobile. And I'm just I'm curious your thoughts on uh, the person, the player. Uh, I mean, he's a special dude. Uh, you put on his film, you know he's electric. I mean, I think he had like five 200 yard games in in the SEC. So. 
um, as a player, he he's unbelievable, but uh, he's an even better teammate in my opinion. And I'm not just saying that uh, he is, is everything you want in a running back and, and a friend. So I, I was definitely uh, very happy to be his teammate the last two years. Michael, congrats on a great run. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Hells yes. There we go, Verderama. You, you knew that, Matt. Hey, uh, we'll, we'll be watching you, and, and uh, however it goes, congrats on your success. Uh, fingers crossed you get to land wherever you go. But, uh, you know, again, make the most of it. I'm sure you will, and thanks for being on Stack in the Box. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. From Rutgers to Missouri to the NFL, Matt Verderam, how about that? Man's upgrading every which way. Going going from uh, Piscataway out to Columbia. And uh, now to an NFL team near you, uh, nice guy. And, and listen, had, had a great career at Mizzou. Um, really, really hoping that it that it works out for him. Uh, you know, hopefully gets drafted this weekend. But you know what? Sometimes, in some ways, like, if you get to the seventh round, you're better off not getting drafted. Like you really it's, are, because then you can pick your spot. I remember, oh, I, years ago, I did an interview with Philip Lindsay, who's who's now a free agent running back. But he was a running back for Denver. And he went to Colorado, and he didn't get drafted. You know, a more diminutive back, uh, and ended up being the, I believe, if memory serves, I think he's the first undrafted free agent rookie in history to be a Pro Bowler. Um, and and he is certainly is a running back. I remember talking to him, and it was like he, he basically, I'm mean, paraphrasing, he basically was like, it wasn't the worst thing to go undrafted at the end because I got the pick where I felt like I could crack the depth chart, right? I maybe felt like it was the best fit for me. Um, so hopefully Michael here gets drafted, but if he doesn't, and it's maybe like there's 20 picks left, you might almost be helping him out by rooting for him not to get drafted at that point. Because then, hey, go where you think you can you can crack the roster and then work your way up. I'll give you t- uh, just for my Bears fans out there because I know they're dying. Top 10 undrafted Bears. Leslie Frazier, starting cornerback, hell of a player. Uh, Tom Waddle. Silky D, Dennis McKinnon. I'm going old school here. James Big Cat Williams was an offense, awesome offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, along the Michael thing, Jay Hogenberg was a seven-time Pro Bowl center. So people miss all the time. It, there's oh, for, yeah. for whatever reason in the NFL draft, despite all the information that's out there, and they miss less and less now, but you don't necessarily realize that, oh, this guy on the offensive line is playing with four stiffs next to him, which means he's basically blocking everyone, and he doesn't look that great. This dude, I mean, I'm, hey, from a Bears standpoint, too, I'm speaking too much about the Bears today, but, like, they need offensive line help. This guy's all SEC first team, late-round pick. Makes a lot of sense to me on the surface, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm with you. So, so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes. All right. Moving along here, Verderam. Uh, before we leave the draft, anything um, – we basically touched on all of that with Heist, but anything that we left on the table there that you want to hit before we get to Thursday and, and our draft show all Thursday night? No, I think I think we're in pretty good shape. I'm 
I'm very curious about this draft because, you know, it's not the star-studded draft in terms of quarterbacks. And because of that, it could, you know, whenever there's a draft that doesn't have quarterbacks, it's always just like, yeah, it's not really a good draft. Which is kind of bullshit. Like, if you look at this draft, there's a lot of talent. Like, there really is. It's very deep in town. I, I would say that you could really, you could get a good player, a guy who could come in and, and contribute in a lot of the first hundred picks. Um, I'm interested to see how much movement there is because you talk to people around the league and you keep hearing this. Like, there's not a lot of consensus on, on, on a lot of these guys once you get out of the top 15. And I'm, when you have that, I think it lends itself to a lot of movement in the draft. And, and that could be a lot of them. Plus, Eight teams have multiple first-round picks. Eight. I mean, you got teams that can move way up. They can move back. They can get more picks. I mean, it's just. Then then there's teams like Denver, whose first pick is at 64. Right. But they have, a, they have a ton of late-round picks. Do they try to, at bare minimum, at least aggressively move up into the second round to give Russ and company a little bit more help? Right, right, right. By the way, speaking of that, um, this is not in the rundown, but. The, the Russell Wilson stuff, the news is just flying. I mean, every time I, I refresh my feed, it's like, Russell Wilson loves to practice. <laughs> I, Russell Wilson is a great team guy. It's like, we all, we all get it. Like, Russell, listen, nobody is more careful and crafted with their image than Russell Wilson. And I'm not even saying it's a false image. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. But that stuff's always out there, like all the time, right? Like Mr. Unlimited and all that stuff. Like it's just so over the top. When it's like Russ, we get, like you're a great player. You're going to the Hall of Fame with it. Like I, like, of course you're you're you know phenomenal. I I don't think anybody would argue that. Only a fool would argue that. But it it's just funny. Like I'm not seeing a ton of stuff out of OTAs anywhere else. And then you get to Denver, and it's like you get headlines like Russell Wilson, big fan of practice. And I'm sure he is, 34 years old. I'm sure he just can't. I'm sure he's just chipper to go to OTAs. Uh, also, by, by the way, uh, slightly off the rundown, John Lynch yesterday, we love Debo. We ain't trading Debo. That's not Debo's a really good play. He, he basically he said, said that. He said he can't imagine trading him, well, uh, okay. which I think, is, so, I think matters, though. That's oh not saying you won't trade him. Oh, God. Come on. I can't imagine it's not it's, it's, he's saying he ain't trading them. He's I'm not saying he won't. He's saying give me a bigger offer. That's what you think he's saying. That's what I think he's saying. Now, I don't You're think- probably right, actually. You're probably right. I can't imagine it, but if you want to blow me out hey, of the well, two okay. first round picks, then I could imagine it. Right? Like, like Do you- I- Okay. Yeah, okay. So for example, when Steve Kine was asked about trading Kyler Murray, he was like Quote, zero chance. And that is to me like, hey, Kyler, <laughs> Kyler's agent, Eric Burkhart, we're not trading you. You can you can exert all the pressure in your mind that you want to. We don't care. Right? Like, it's that Stephen A. Smith thing on Twitter. Everybody like, we don't care. Right? Like, it's that. I they, They're not trading him. With Debo, I don't think the Niners are in any rush to trade him. Don't, don't make a mistake there. But the way John Lynch worded that left that door open a little bit. Like, hey, you know, if the Jets, you know, instead of offering two seconds, if they want to offer number 10, you know, maybe. Like, I, I, think, I think they're more open for business than you're giving well, them credit the, for. Okay, but it, it's interesting that you say it like that because 
What I'm reading is that the Jets are all in on him, and they're going to give up a 10. Are you not hearing that? I don't know. You hear a lot of different things. But I I, I think, okay. look, the Jets did not want to give up a 10 for Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill is two years older. He's a lot more expensive because he's not on a he's on his rookie deal right now. It was 20.9, I believe, this year. However, Tyreek Hill is a six-time Pro Bowler and a three-time first-team All-Pro and a Super Bowl champion. Okay? He is a better player than Debo Samuel. I think that's a fair statement. Um, now, not, you could I, argue over the next not. five years he might not be, although the hits that Debo has taken, maybe Tyreek Hill will be. I don't know. But you could make that argument. But there's no argument that, that Debo Samuel had two really intriguing years and then blew up last year. Is he that guy going forward every year, especially if his usage changes? Okay, I'm someone who believes he's a really special talent. He's a really good player, and if I'm a team – I'm willing to give up quite a bit to get him. I've been on the records, and if, I, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm offering a first and a, and, a, and, a, and a third, and that's probably not enough. But then I'd go from there. Like I would, I would offer that. I think it's worth it. I think the Packers, by the way, should offer the same damn thing. Um, but it's going to be very interesting. I think the Niners would move him if if they feel like they're getting the right package back. But obviously, it's going to have to be a big package. What I like about him is how versatile he is. Hey, Debo, you want to get the ball in the backfield here and and use your strength and slash speed to pick up thirteen in a first down? Great. You want? There's just a million different things the guy can do outside of just catching the football. Also, to stay in the Bay Area, well, actually, not the Bay Area anymore. Stay in Vegas, where the draft is. Um, Aaron Nagler over at uh, Nagler, excuse me, Aaron Nagler over at. Cheesehead TV, who covers the Packers, who does a very nice job. Um, he reported yesterday that the Packers are I don't want to I don't want to miss uh word what his his statement was, but essentially are interested in trading for Darren Waller. There have been talks. Uh, and then after that, it was kind of confirmed through other people that well, originally Waller was part of the conversation around Devontae Adams and that trade, but then things didn't happen. I, I will throw this out there and I want your thoughts on this, Carm. If the Raiders trade Darren Waller to the Packers, then why did you What's, get Devontae Adams? Yeah, right. It, I it mean, would fall under the – then what was the point? Like, I, I don't understand. I saw somebody say, and I, and I genuinely can't remember who it was, um, but I know it was somebody who, like, reputable. It was like, well, probably like a second-round pick for Waller. And I'm thinking to myself, so if, if that happened, let's just say that happened. Okay, so if that goes down that way, then – the the Raiders gave up a first and a second for Adams. In this scenario, they're getting their second round pick back. So they traded a first round pick and Darren Waller for Devontae Adams. That feels insane. Like, I, I mean, I know Adams is better than Waller, but he's a first round pick better. Yeah. Did you see uh, Derek Carr's tweet on it? Yes, I saw he he shot it down. But with due respect to Derek Carr, he's not the jam of the team. Yeah, um, he, he gave the LOL no chance. I don't know. Derek Carr seems like he's pretty dialed in. He's not the GM. But... Probably is. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think this came out of nowhere. And then, and then when you start hearing a lot of people saying, like, yeah, he was involved in, in you know, the talks and, and or, you know, his name was involved in the talks um, and broke down. I don't know. I mean, Waller's got to get paid. His contract's coming up. It's just, if the Raiders do that, 
then I have no idea what they're doing. Like I, that makes no sense to me. Not that Adams isn't an upgrade over like Waller's terrific. Yeah, that, uh, like, yeah what just, are you doing? Does, that makes no it doesn't sense. make any sense. Uh, by the way, Dewindy City, my podcast. Uh, somebody is ch- chiming in here. The Bears should trade for Debo, uh, which maybe they should. Think and Dewindy City is a great listen for all you Bears fans out there. On the spot, would if he got traded to the Bears, he might. He might. I am not going to that shit franchise. Where did you just here. trade me to? I'm I'm retired. Well, which is why maybe san francisco would consider like okay we'll ship him there it's a whole lot better than shipping him to green bay uh, who very good chance we'll see him in the playoffs i let me ask you this though from a if you if you were the niners would you take from the bears darnell mooney who's entering his third year and caught over a thousand yards uh, of balls last year and two seconds for debo would you do that no you wouldn't no how about Mooney, a number one next year, and and a second? Uh, yeah, that would be more interesting because the Bears are probably going to be terrible. But, um, yeah, you're waiting. I, I mean, probably, probably not, but I, I think that's – that's my, by the way, our producer Hunter is triggered beyond words right now as a Niners fan. I'm giving you a thousand yard receiver who's fast as hell. Darnell Mooney's a good I, player. Who do you think one, you're the getting? The second offer, I think, is interesting. The first offer, I'd say no. I think you got to get a first round pick in there. Um, the, the, the second offer, I, I would think about it because the, you're yeah. going to get a real high pick there. You're getting a second round pick. Look, the, the, here's the other the little wrinkle on this. We can move on. The Niners don't have a first round pick this year or next year because they traded for Trey Lance. That's the other wrinkle here. So if you're John Lynch, like how much do you want to be in the first round? And maybe in a draft like this, you feel like, ah, it doesn't really matter. We'll be in the second. Okay. But I do think that that is interesting. Um, if I had to bet money, I'd say he's not traded. But I wouldn't bet a lot of money. I wouldn't bet a lot. I think, I think, it's, I think it's fluid. Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll find out by, I would assume by Thursday night. Okay. Moving along here. Let's get to Kyler Murray and uh, whatever the hell's going on over there. Should we, should the Cardinals pay him right now? To me, the answer to this is always yes. You're not moving on from Kyler Murray. Are you? I don't think you are if you're Arizona. So the price of tea in China keeps going up. Pay now. That's the best play you got. I would, I would not pay him. Why? Because I don't know that he's a franchise quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, look, let's review the facts of this, okay? He's been in the league three years. Now, the first year, they didn't, look, they weren't good, but they weren't good. Like I'm not, That has nothing to do with Kyler Murray. I'm not pinning that on Kyler Murray. He was fine as a rookie. The last two years, they have gotten off the hot starts, and they've fallen off a cliff. And part of that's been because he's gotten hurt. He's now, now look, and I and I know people don't like to go down this route because like God forbid you criticize a player. And this isn't even a criticism, it's just a fact of a point of fact. He's diminutive. And he get if, if he gets hit, okay, he there's a far greater chance he's getting dinged up than Josh Allen is. I mean, I don't I don't yeah. think that that's any, anything other than but, his but, physics but, and but, logic. But, what Carl? Yeah, but then you should never I'm sorry, but that, then you should never have drafted him. It, it, okay. You you made Fine. your bed. Uh, you, I mean, you made your bed with. Uh, we are rolling with this dude, even though he's diminutive. You can't say now 
that, oh, hey, he's going to be injury prone. Well, he's too short. He's, when, get, get, he's been injury prone. Now, you took that risk when you drafted. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, that, that if they paid him, I'd crush them for it. I wouldn't. But if I'm the general manager of the team, I would not extend him right now. Okay? He's made two Pro Bowls. That's fine and fa- fair enough. They've never won a division. They have spiraled at the, at the end of each of the last two years. In the playoffs, he was a wreck against the Rams. A wreck. And on top That's of that... True. At the end of the game, according to multiple reports, he basically told Colt McCoy, I'm good, bro. You go play the end of the game. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. Carm, you've been in a lot of locker rooms in your life, probably more than I've been in, but I've been in enough. If that is true, he lost everybody in that locker room in that moment. Like, I, I mean, now I'm not saying you can't gain him back. Okay, You can always gain him back. But now, you know the amount of respect you lose in a locker room. You did so, think, I mean, you're okay. You're a Bulls fan. Scotty Pippen yanked himself out of a game because he wasn't getting the last shot brought on for him for a playoff game. Now, now, Scotty Pippen, if he retired that night, was a Hall of Famer. And he, for years after that, would that would come up, right? Like if you talked about Scotty Pippen, that moment came up. Now he overcame it, you know, and in the end, he's a six-time champion, all that stuff. But that was a stigma for a long time. And and in the in the documentary about Jordan and the Bulls, the last dance, that was talked about. And how shattering that was for that team. Like, if Kyler Murray yanked himself out, if those reports are true, he yanked himself out of that playoff game. That is a big deal. I also think it says something that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury share an agent. Okay, Kingsbury, you've heard nothing about all offseason about his contract situation. Kyler Murray, you've heard nothing but that he wants an extension. And there's been that all caps missive from his agent and all this other stuff at the leading Instagram. And they extended Cliff Kingsbury, who's not as good of a coach as Kyler Murray is as a quarterback. If you don't think that was a message, I don't know what to tell you. Like that was clearly a hey. If you if you stop this, take care of business, we'll pay you. And I think, by the way, if I'm them, I tell Kyler, look, go out and throw for 4,300 yards this year and throw for 30 plus touchdowns and win a playoff game. And we will pay you. Yeah. But I don't think he deserves forty plus million yet. I don't. If if Lamar Jackson hasn't gotten paid yet, why should Kyler? And and I know they're trying to pay him, and that's I, I get it with Jackson. But like, it took Dak a long time to get paid. Kyler Murray does not. Kyler Murray does not belong in these in the pantheon of these guys who are three year quarterbacks, and you become eligible for an extension, then gets paid. Okay, if you look at the history of it, it's been Jared Goff. You'd go, well, he's Baron Goff. Goff went to the Super Bowl first three years. Goff's first three years were better than Kyler Murray's first three years. Carson Wentz, you go, you'd again go, my God, he's better than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz won a Super Bowl. Not he was hurt at the end of the season, but he was literally the MVP of the league before he got hurt. He led Philadelphia all the way down the stretch, and Nick Foles took him the rest of the way. The other guys, Josh Allen, all pro, AFC championship game, won a division, won two playoff games. Patrick Mahomes, enough said. Okay, we all know what Patrick Mahomes has done. Kyler Murray's none of those guys in the first three years of his career. He should not be extended right now. And I don't understand why he and his agent are so hard up about it. Yeah, sure, you want to get paid. I get all that. And then you get this idea like, well, he could go play baseball. He ain't playing. There's a better chance I'm playing for the A's this year than Kyler Murray's playing for the A's. So I think he's got to go out and have another good year, a really good year, and get paid. All right, we can cl- we can cut up that clip for for social. That was a very strong Kyler Murray take. I honestly, Verderant, it's not so much to me like whether they do it now. It's just 
that are you going to pay him? And I think the answer ultimately is going to be yes. I'm not so much caught up, and he needs to get paid now. His, his, his actions are mostly bizarre, although not necessarily unique. Guys right. want to get their money, and so, okay, I get it. Uh, but the other side of it is if you are really doubting yourself and doubting whether you're going to pay him, well, then let's have a conversation on what you can get for him. You know, I sure. maybe this maybe this is not the year to do it because you don't like any of the quarterbacks in the draft. It's in, it, I'm not sure exactly what next I, year looks like. I think you're the Cardinals again. I would just play it out another year. I'm not saying I'd move on from the guy. I wouldn't. I think he's really talented. But I, I think this idea you get these people. Well, what like, do you, oh my wh- God, they've got to sign and they've got why? Why do they have to sign them? How much more expensive is he possibly going to get? And by the way, if he gets that much more expensive because he like wins the Super Bowl, then you're thrilled to death to pay him. Yeah, yeah, I it's a I don't overall I'm not arguing. Like, okay, you want to you want to you want to see him do it again for a what year if, or see him be here's here's an example. And what happens if he has the what happens if he has the same year, same exact year? What do you do? I would play out another year. What, okay, what, then he does. Why okay. would I? Okay, fine. Let's he has the same year again after year five. Now what are you gonna I'd do? I'd probably move on. Because then, then I think at that gonna, point, because then at that point, that, I think that that's his healing. Yeah, but that so so then you just you you literally got nothing for him. So can can well you could tag him and trade him. Is the current is the current version of Kyler Murray good enough to win a Super Bowl? With, without a piece of circumstance around him. No, I, I don't. I don't think we have to have extreme. I think I think that. Uh, I think you, if you have a good team, or I think it's unfair to be like, oh, Carson Wentz went to the Super Bowl and Murray didn't. I mean, dude, hold on. The the Eagles had like the the most insane offensive line at that point, good enough that Nick Foles could step in and win the good. damn Super. Bowl. I mean, we've all seen what sure. Nick Foles is after after that ended. So I, I like you have to look at the whole well, the complexion. Not no, that's the thing. Yeah, like, tell, okay, that 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 that's that's the it's like okay. You, I mean, it ain't like DeAndre Hopkins not running around here in Arizona. Come He's got some now. players around. You got DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, Zach Ertz, AJ Green. You got, you got, you got uh, Connor in the backfield. Line's not great. It's not terrible. I mean, defensively, you got guys like Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons and Chandler Jones, and you can't win anything. Like that's not enough to win yeah, a playoff no, game. The, you know, they, they they should they should absolutely be in the playoffs and 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 uh, if they don't win a playoff game this year, it'd be, it'd be it'd be a very but like, can't I understand. And also, I understand. And I'll, I'll close it with this: Where would the Browns be right now? Like Baker Mayfield before last season was eligible for an extension, same spot Murray's in right now. And a lot of people were like, "They should pay Baker." They should. Baker had two out of three really good, solid years and won a playoff game with the friggin' Browns. The Browns uh, r- again, like right. And now look at yeah. it. That's fine, but when you watch Baker play quarterback and you watch Kyler play quarterback, right? Do, do we not see a huge difference? No, we we think... do, we do. But we, I, I agree. I would take Kyler Murray. And I would have said that a year ago. But my point is, when when the end of last season happened, there was a lot of talk. But hey, when's Baker going to get paid? They just want a playoff game. Look at the year he's coming off of. Yada yada yada. All that stuff. Now, I'm with you, Carm. You know I'm with you on that. We've talked about this. We've been on the show together for years. You know how I feel about Baker. I think he's a guy. But the point is, if you look at that situation, like the Browns won a playoff game, which they hadn't done since 1994. They went to Arrowhead. They didn't get blown out. And a part of that was Mahomes got hurt. They probably would have gotten blown out. They were in the game. 
a lot of people thought the Browns were going were gonna and should have paid Mayfield. And then this year comes out. Now, he, had, he was hurt, all that, fine. He didn't play well. And now he's out the door. Now, Mayfield, part of his problem was immaturity, all the rest of it. I think we can all agree on that. Well, with Kyler Murray, I mean, if that report's true of him basically saying, basically, I'm not playing anymore because we, we're getting killed in a playoff game. I mean, if that's true, and that was reported by multiple people of, of impeccable uh, stature in the league, I mean, is that not immaturity? Like, I'm look, I'm not anti-Kyler Murray. I'm not. If I had to rank the quarterbacks in the league, I'd probably have them between 10 and 12. That's a, that's a good player. And I love his athletic ability, but I'm just saying between being nicked up, the team circling the drain at the end of the year the last two years, he's never won a division. They, By the way, last year, if they beat the Seahawks at a home in Week 18, they win that division, and they choked like dogs. Then they go to the Rams in the playoffs. They choke like dogs again. Like, look, I think he's talented. He has not shown me enough that I would pay him. Not yet. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I, I'm, uh, I, uh, I feel, I feel constipated right now because I'm not going to argue that he absolutely well, has to get I his mean, money. That's a personal issue. I, well, right. Well. It'll be all right eventually. Okay, let's move on. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for jumping in here. Again, a reminder, we'll uh, be doing the draft show on Thursday night. If you're just joining us, Verderam and I and many guests will be with you all night on Thursday. Hit that subscribe button and uh, turn the notifications on. And, yes, uh, I guess we can wrap up the show on how excited are you as we've gone through this show, Verderam? One to ten. Your, your NFL draft excitement. How are you feeling right now at this very moment? Uh, I would say probably na- about a seven. You know, I think I, – I think. well, you know, we were going to get to this last week, then we didn't do it because we ran out of time. I was at a six. Now I'm at a seven. I feel like we're, we're closing in. Well, we're what? We're about, from recording this, about 55 hours away. I feel good. I feel good. I'm going to get some line of Kugel summer shandy, and by about pick 25, uh, I'm going to have a lot of thoughts. So it's um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. How aggressive of a drinking night will this be? Because, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not a huge drinker. One or two beers, that's normally my thing. No. But, I mean, are, are, are you are you, are you you getting involved here? Because, I, I mean, maybe I'll yeah, – go ahead. You know me, Carm. I'm not uh, I'm not, I'm not a big guy with the suds. It's not my It's not my game. Uh, college, I think I, I, I think I really – I did enough to last me for the next 30 years. So, um, but I – I'll probably have a couple. You know, I think I think two's like if the I'd set the over under at two and a half, I'd take the under at probably two, but the over is not possible. The over is not out of, like like three is not out of the question. Now four, forget it. Four happens, we're gonna shut the stream down, okay? Uh, because <laughs> we're all losing our jobs. But I I'd say two to three is is the range there. I would get I'd get some KC beer because of course they sponsor the Arhatic podcast. They're amazing, they do a great job, um, but. Can't ship beer over state lines. And Carmel, I'm eight hours away. So it's going to be a little bit tough to get that KC beer. Do we want Verderam four beers deep by pick 22? If that happens, uh, seriously, you got to pick me up off the floor. Uh, and that and Josh Hill, I hope, is ready to edit some some articles because I. Oh, yeah, you're, you're writing the, too. Yeah, the typos are going to be flying at that point. I think two to three is the sweet spot. I guess two. But, you know, summer chances to go down smooth. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm feeling good around pick 25 and knock down another one. I think I might dial up the Miller highlight for this one, and I might hit three. The champagne of beers. Let's go. I'll tell you what. I remember when uh, the high life the, uh, was, it was handing out contracts. You remember this, this like 10 years ago? So 
It was like a, it was a running promotion. You can look this up. That Miller High Life was like, hey, we want people to be Miller High Life guys and gals for life. Right? That's what we want. So they did this thing. You know, ran it out like they mail you a contract. Said like, hey, from now on, I only drink the High Life, and they sent you a dollar with the contract. So my buddies and I all were like, we'll sign the contract, right? Because came with a free dollar. We were in college, man. I was broke as hell. I'll take a dollar. So <laughs> somewhere at my parents' house, that contract of me and the high life is 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 in uh, is in effect. I'm sure it's still around somewhere. But uh, I remember that. Like we all we we pulled together like ten bucks and bought a six pack. We did buy the high life out of respect. But uh, well, it's a good time. It's. It's one of the most economical 12 packs out there. A, it's delicious, and B, it's like $7.99. Inflation, I think it might be up to $8.99. Yeah, inflation's going us all. Inflation is just a nightmare. All right, hey, uh, it is the champagne of beers, though, so delicious. Okay, Verderam, good to be with you, brother. Thanks, everybody, in the chat, as always. Jalen, Jay Ward, and uh, Heffy, I see you. hope I'm saying that right. And uh, going all the way back, Robert the Bruce, he's on your cereal team. Everybody who might thanks, thanks to Ben Heisler for jumping in and Michael Maddy from Mizzou, M I Z Z O U, Truman the Tiger. You're the man. Verram, we'll see you Thursday night, brother. Sounds good. Get ready. Buckle up. NFL Draft 2022. We'll see you then. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.